the Holy Spirit just said, Brittany, I love you so much. And he said, this is not the life that I have for you. The life that I have for you will overflow with so much love, peace, and joy. And if you would just quit the porn industry today, I would bless your life like no man ever could. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Raised and Redeemed podcast and YouTube channel. I'm your host, Michaela Nikolenko, and I started this show after finally finding my home in Christ. I grew up in a home with lots of abuse and addiction where Christianity became something that repelled me. I spent my early adulthood seeking God in other religions, tarot cards, psychedelics, and even myself. I didn't realize how much hell I had pulled up into my life until I came face to face with the dark side of the spirit world and Jesus fought hard to save me. Now I live to serve his will and host a platform where others can share their story too. If you're looking for a show that talks about real things and provides encouragement for those who have been to the dark side and back, this is the show for you. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and share this show with anyone that you feel might be encouraged by it too. Quick disclaimer, what we can agree on here is that we love Jesus and he is our Lord and Savior. I don't filter what my guests say, so there will most likely be something along the way that you don't agree with, and that's okay. I highly recommend spending time researching and praying about anything that gets said that might trouble you. With all that said, thank you so much for joining me, and welcome to the Raised and Redeemed family. Hey you guys, today we're talking to Brittany De La Mora, a wife, mom, author, and founder of Love Always Ministries. Little would anyone know, Brittany used to be a pretty famous porn star, addicted to drugs and dead in her sin, but then God began revealing himself to her. Today we're talking about how she left the industry, the spiritual darkness she felt there, getting free from the spirit of lust, and the blessings of walking in obedience. Without further ado, let's get on to the show. Okay. Well, good afternoon, Brittany. Thank you so much for being on the Raised and Redeemed podcast today. I was just saying to you, I'm just so honored and humbled that you would say yes to being on my show because God has just done an amazing work in you. And it's just been so amazing that so many people have wanted to interview you. You've been on Candace Owens, Dr. Phil, Joni Table Talks, like all these amazing shows. And so I'm really honored that you would be on Raised and Redeemed today to tell your story, um, just like a little like back story, you were on the the list of top 100 porn stars uh, before God began speaking to you and just revealing himself to you. And now here you are on the other side, you're a wife to a pastor, you're an author, you guys um, have written numerous books together, a call to purity, stop searching and start living. He's just doing so many amazing things in your life. And so I wanted to have you on today to hear a little bit more about that story. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. When I saw your message come through, I just felt like God was like, yes, do this. I can't say yes to everything because I am a mom and I have two kids, but I felt this one was like, yes, go for it. So um, I'm so excited to just get to join you today. So thank you for having me. Yes, of course. That's amazing. It's only him that could have done that and brought us together. So I love to hear that. So I asked our listeners here, you know, some of the things that they wanted to hear about you and your life. And, you know, we want to go all the way back, you know, to hear your full testimony, but starting with, with childhood too, like the kind of home that you grew up in that, you know, shaped you and 
you know, set you off into the adult entertainment industry. So if you wouldn't mind telling your story, just starting all the way at the beginning. Okay, so I grew up in just, it was a dysfunctional, chaotic household. Um, there was a lot of verbal, emotional, physical abuse. And so I just really um, felt rejected by my family. I felt extremely unloved. I didn't think that anybody could ever love me. And so I started searching for just that love in all the wrong places. Um, I started dating a guy in high school who like, it's so embarrassing. I like chase this guy down. Like, I'm like, he is going to notice me. He is going to be my boyfriend. And I just made it happen. I think I got rejected by him a few times. I'm like, it's going to happen. Like I was that girl. Like I was so hungry for someone to notice me that I was willing to chase somebody down. And we start dating and I lost my virginity to him. And he cheated on me after that with three different women. And I was heartbroken when his, it was his twin brother had that conversation with me. Um, and so after that, I just felt like even more rejected. Like here's this guy you think, like you have sex with that you're gonna marry this person and all my young 16 year old naive thoughts and so I end up going out to Mexico with my friends because their answer was like let's just go party and um so we end up in Mexico because you can get into any club with a, a valid high school ID okay. and so I showed them my idea I was 16 got in it was the first time I ever remember getting drunk and I went outside and across the way I saw another club and the name was familiar because some of the high school guys in my um, video class that I was doing used to talk about how beautiful the women were. And so I'm like, well, I wonder what these girls have, you know, like, why are these women beautiful? I wasn't expecting what I walked into. So I go up and the security guards are like, you can't come in. And I told them, I just want to dance. I'm not going to drink. They're like, oh, you want to dance? We'll come in. So it was a strip club. I did not know it was going to be a strip club, but I had a broken heart and liquid courage. So that night, um, they put me in line between behind these other women, and um, I just kind of watched what they did. I'd never been into a strip club, and I just kind of followed their lead. And I think I made like 60 bucks that night. Like, it wasn't much money whatsoever, but... To a 16-year-old, that was a lot of money. Most of my paychecks, like, for two weeks were $100, you know? Okay. I mean, the pay was a lot lower back then. So uh, that night, a seed was planted in me because people there were praising me. They were telling me that I was beautiful and that they loved me. And I felt like this is what I've been searching for. Like, all my life, I just wanted somebody to notice me and pay attention. So if I take my clothes off... Um, and I get a, and I, I, that I'll get paid for it and I'll get affirmed. Yeah. So that, that night that seed was planted. And then, um, I moved away for college and I started dancing again. Um, and then from there, there were a couple producers that came into the club again, affirming me and tipping me, um, extra, more money than most people did. And so I called them and they, they told me that they had made romance movies and that if I was ever interested to give them a call. So when I called them, I met them out in Los Angeles and I watched them film a porn scene. Um, and then from there, they got me connected to an agent. And, and then I was in that industry for seven years. Wow. And how long after getting started with that did your drug addiction start? Pretty quickly. Um, so in high school, I had battled with anorexia and I had tried cocaine maybe 10 to 15 times. And um, when I got into the porn industry, I had just gotten out like of the um, treatment center that I was in for anorexia. Maybe like it had only been a matter of six to eight months, something like that. 
And so uh, I go to set one day and a director tells me, you're fat, you need to lose weight. And so very quickly I turned to what I knew. I'm like, okay, well, you know, cocaine will make me lose weight. So I started using cocaine. Um, and then from there, a guy that I started dating introduced me to pills. Um, mm -hmm. And this all happened within probably three months of being in the industry. And I, once I started using cocaine, it was like every single day and I didn't stop. Yeah, yeah. What's interesting to me about that is like, there's such a cultural push, um, convincing girls that this is something empowering, you know, selling yourself, showing your body, dancing, the only fans, like there's such a message out in the world right now that like, oh, this is the empowering thing to do. And that's a lie that I previously bought into. And I used to think like when I got started in the industry dancing that like, oh, I can do this and be sober because this is a part of me like healing and evolving and taking my power back and all yeah. of these things. And it wasn't long after when I noticed I was drinking every day again. Now I'm doing strange drugs with girls in the bathroom. And now I'm, you know, I just started doing all these things where I started really hardcore abusing substances again. And what I say about that is like the more that you're doing these like soul selling things, the more you have to numb and cope. And you don't even realize you're doing that until it's like too late and you're in deep with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I only know maybe two or three women that don't use drugs and do porn. And I'm always like blown away. Like, how do you do it? You know? Um, because the vast majority in the industry are using drugs or they are drinking on a regular basis. That's so it's very common in the sex industry. Yeah. And I heard you talk about that, you know, like if it is so empowering, then why are people committing suicide? Why are people overdosing? Why are people dying from AIDS? And I know that that was a big thing is like, there were a lot of uh, women when you were in that had just committed suicide. Is that right? Yeah, actually, it was shortly after I left in 2018, I just saw like back to back suicides. Mm -hmm. um, when I just got in the industry, there was an a a HIV outbreak. Um, but when I left, it was like back to back, like, I think it was every single month for about the first six months of the year, there was somebody dying. Um, I know that CBN News covered it, we did like, I, I joined forces with them to just pray over the industry, because it just kept mm -hmm. happening back to back. Oh my gosh. And I know so many men too, like who just like don't even realize the darkness that are going, that's going on in the porn industry. Like, and a lot of them are so, you know, naive to think like, oh, these women enjoy it. You know, like they enjoy what they do. Otherwise they wouldn't do it. And they don't realize like the people that believe that lie don't realize, like you said, that most people are substance abusing just to make it through what they're doing. Yeah. And I mean, like people, people go to work every day that don't like their jobs, right? So you can't think just because a woman is doing porn or a man is doing porn that they actually like what they're doing. Like they're getting paid to act, they're getting paid to perform. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, like to think that just because they're saying all the right words or, you know, all the right moans or whatever it may be, mm -hmm. like just because they're doing that doesn't mean that they're enjoying it. Like they are actors, they're actresses. Yeah, exactly. going to take a quick second here to tell you about Raised and Redeemed merch. I somehow end up in my bright pink Raised and Redeemed crew neck nearly every day because it's so comfy and I love to tell the world that I have been raised and redeemed in Jesus' name. And wearing something that says that is a great conversation starter. 
Not only do we have crewnecks, but we also have t-shirts, hoodies, cropped hoodies, mugs, stickers, socks, and more. You can either follow the link titled Raised and Redeemed Merch in the comment section of wherever you're listening, click the link in any of my social media bios, or go to Raised and Redeemed, and that's spelled out, RaisedAndRedeemed.CreatorSlashSpring.com to order yours and support the show today. So something else our listeners are really curious about is the spiritual darkness, because, you know, that was a huge part of my testimony was seeing a demon when I was involved in all of this sex work and my adulterous relationship. And that's what like brought me to true repentance was like, okay, the spiritual world is real. I need Jesus to fight this. Um, So did you see anything like that? Or like reflecting back, can you speak to the spiritual reality of what's going on in this kind of line of work yeah i do believe that sin is a doorway to just partnering with demons and i mean like any kind of sin that you're going to be doing habitually is going to open up that door and so going into the porn industry like i wasn't like i i did feel i felt rejected i felt like unloved but i didn't battle with the immense amount of of darkness that I had since like until I got into the porn industry it's like every day I was battling with suicidal thoughts after Mm -hmm. some time um I remember one time like I had left the porn industry I got baptized met a pimp and then got back into porn after getting baptized and then getting back into the porn industry there was um this woman I was staying in a hotel room with her we were doing a signing and uh, like an autograph signing in New Mexico and I walked past her and I literally feel like something come in me that I could not explain Mm -hmm. and I didn't know what it was and I had been off drugs for that time and then you know shortly after I start using drugs again and I mean I would have these weird encounters like that where I just couldn't explain um and then my like right after or towards the end of my not towards the end, before I got back into the porn industry, um, I started having weird encounters where like, I was hearing literal voices. Um, I was dating a guy that um, was stabbed to death in front of me. And after that happened, I started hearing things like, if you don't kill yourself, they're going to come after you. And I thought that there were like real people like, but now looking back, like, I mean, it was, it was very demonic and it was clearly the enemy. Like after my soul, I had just received Jesus as my Lord and savior at church. And it was like, all hell was breaking loose in the spirit realm. And the enemy was definitely fighting for me. So I've had a lot of encounters with demonic spirits. I haven't seen one like clear as day, but I have heard them. I have felt them. Um, and I've been severely oppressed and, and possessed by them. Um, I mean, I used to have seizures when I was in the porn industry, um, from like 18 to 25. And when I left and came to Jesus, I quit having them. I haven't had one since and I'm 36 years old. Wow. That's amazing. So you've just said so many like jam-packed things that like I want to go back to. Like there's a lot that you, you know, and it's casual because like that's your story. But I do want to go back and ask you just a little bit about some of the things you you just mentioned. Um, because you know, there was a pimp involved and you got out for a little bit and then you went back. And so I want to hear, okay, leading up to when you got baptized, how did God first start speaking to you? Like what was that first moment? when he started speaking to you, how, how did that play out? 
So I was in the industry for about three and a half years and I was um, withdrawing from heroin, not by choice, but because I couldn't get a hold of any drugs. And I just called my grandma and I'm like, I really need help. I'm withdrawing. I feel like I'm going to commit suicide. Um, and I don't, I'm not ready to like end my life. I need help. Mm -hmm. And so my grandma drove up to Los Angeles, picked me up, moved me in with her. I detoxed from heroin. And then I heard that my grandpa had been going to church. So I went to a church service with him. And um, I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior that day, and they gave me a Bible, and I went back to my grandma's, and I started reading it, and then that's when I ended up getting involved with another guy um, who was killed. He was in a motorcycle gang, and he was killed in front of me, and then from there, his friend was a pimp, and he's like, oh, well, now you don't have anywhere to live because I quickly moved in with this guy, so he was like the knight in shining armor um, trying to come and and protect me and save me and all these things. Um, I was staying at his house for a little while. Well, I ended up staying with him for three years because we built a relationship, but, um, I was staying with him, what I thought was going to be temporary. And he was a backslidden Christian. And he asked me if I'd ever seen the movie passions of the Christ. Mm -hmm. So we're watching the movie and I just kind of start laughing and he's like, what's wrong? I said, I honestly think I'm possessed by the devil. And he got really scared. And so that following set or the following day, he like opened up the Bible to me, like started having me read the word. And then um, he took me to, to his former church that he used to go to mm -hmm. and I got baptized and, and all of that there. So wow, <laughs> kind of an interesting story how that all came about. But I started to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit over those, those next three years. And it was actually the Holy Spirit who helped me leave the pimp. Wow. Okay. So I love how God still used that man, even though, like you said, he was a backslidden Christian because the guy that I saw the demon in was also a backslidden Christian. And he was always telling me about Jesus, even though he was living in sin, you know, even though like we were involved in this adulterous relationship, he was the one. And I was arguing to him like, no, it's the goddess, you know, I was about all those new age beliefs. And he was like, no, it's Jesus. And yeah, so just the fact that God can still, like God can use anybody and um, especially when it comes to to our salvation. So that's amazing. So then you get baptized and um, did you leave the industry right after that or what was the next? No, that's right when I got back into it because okay. so I, I had left the business, got, um, got kind of saved, well, saved but not surrendered. Right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, meet the pimp, got baptized, and then he got me back into porn for another three years. Mm -hmm. yeah. I just love too, like the, the journey of sanctification. I remember like I didn't want to be a Christian at all. I was like, I don't know. I, like I've never been a goody two shoes kind of girl, any <laughs> of these things, but I just fell in love with Jesus. And I was so worried, like, because I was never like, Christians. Like I just never thought I was like them. I was never good like them. And I remember being so overwhelmed by how can I just like be different and like be like a Christian now. And I feel like the Holy Spirit really gave me so much peace with that of just like building a relationship with Jesus, even if it's messy, even if I fall back a couple times, like 
just keep seeking Jesus and over time, that's what will change my ways. So it seems like you walked through something similar where you came into that relationship and then you went back, but it's not like, it's like now God was with you though. So I'm sure you began to see things through different eyes because now you had the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So things were a lot different. Even getting back into the industry, I couldn't even do some of the scenes that I used to do because I just felt like all of a sudden it grossed me out. I I couldn't explain it as a conviction back then, but I'm like, I just can't do that anymore. That's gross. And it's like, why you've done this so many times. I just can't do it anymore. Like I just, I, I, started doing very after that, like after receiving the Holy Spirit, I did. And I say this with air quotes for those who might be listening, morally acceptable scenes, you Mm -hmm. know, just like the husband and wife type. Like I quit doing everything else that was like almost outside of that for the most part. Um, And so, yeah, it was like, I just had this different conviction. And then I remember a day where me and uh, the pimp got in a really big fight and I developed the sensitivity to hear the Holy Spirit in such an unconventional way. Like religious people hate when I share this part of my story. I should say lawful people hate when I share Mm -hmm. this part because they're like, Jesus would never do that. But he did. I would pray for money when I would be feature dancing in clubs that, you know, God would, I bring money in so that I can bring this money home to my pimp so that I don't get in trouble. Mm. And so, um, all of a sudden there would be an outpour. And like every time that I prayed, I would receive extra money. And when I didn't pray, I did it. When I got out of the industry and I asked God, God, was that you? Like, what's the deal? And he said, yes, daughter, I was teaching you to trust me that when you prayed, I heard you. God will always meet you where you are. He wasn't encouraging me in my sin because he knew where my heart was. I was broken by my sin. I wanted away from my sin. I wanted out, but I just didn't have the strength, nor did I have um, the knowledge or the close enough relationship with Jesus. We were still in the building stages where if he told me to leave, I would have trusted him because I wouldn't have trusted him at that point. So he's very slow and he's patient with our process. And so um, there was a day where me and the pimp get in a fight and the Holy Spirit said, you need to leave him. And it had been years of me praying to him and him coming through where I was like, Hey, I can trust this voice. I know that this is God. And I know that even though I have nowhere to go, even though I have no money, like somehow he's going to come through for me. And so I did exactly what he, what he told me to do. And I left the pimp. I, I had a conversation. I said, who am I going to call? And the Holy Spirit had told me to call my mom. And at that time we had no relationship. And I literally said, no, God, I'm not going to call her. And he said, Brittany, humble yourself and call your mom. So I did exactly what he said. And she helped me get away from him. Um, And yeah, I don't know how much further you want me to go with all this, but yeah. um, No, I love to hear it. Change my life. Yeah. So, okay. So she helped you leave him. I love too how you mentioned like that leap of faith, but because God was like teaching you to listen to his voice, even in the clubs. That's how you knew you could trust that voice later on. I can, I can definitely relate to that process. Um, So, so by that point, and I mean, yes, like Jesus loves us sinners. Like we are who he came for. Like he didn't come. What is the verse about how he didn't come for the righteous, but um, he didn't come for, uh, but those, he didn't come for the sick, but those who think are he didn't come for the righteous, but those who are sick. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, something like that. I know the verse, girl. <laughs> <laughs> we know what we're talking about. We're on the same page. <laughs> oh wow. So then, okay. So now you're with your mom and, 
how did God begin to provide for you after that? Like, did you go into a different line of work or what was that like? Because I know I started waitressing after I left the clubs and the sugar daddies. And it was like, you know, tiny bits of money, but like it was enough to sustain me. It was it was what I needed, you know, and and also God showed up for me with unemployment, you know, for a bit of time before. Yeah, I honestly didn't even think to apply for unemployment and I should have um, because I struggled. So after I left the pimp and I was with my mom, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go film porn because it's the only thing I know. And so I go uh, before I leave for the airport, the Holy Spirit said, bring your Bible. So I'm on the airplane and I'm reading the book of Revelation because it was the one book in the New Testament I hadn't read because I never understood it. So I'm reading through it. And I get to chapter two, verse 20 through 23. And it said, I have this thing against you. You tolerate that woman named Jezebel. She leads my people into sexual immorality. I've given her time to repent. And if she doesn't repent, I will cast her, her children, and all who commit immorality into a sick bed along with her. And I saw when I read that verse, I just started crying. Mm -hmm. Um, the pimp had like twisted scriptures. I don't know if he did it intentionally, but he would say things that, you know, Jesus loves prostitutes. Like it's totally fine that you're living this life. Like he revealed himself to a prostitute before anyone, like really like the scriptures were so twisted. Like the scriptures are meant to free you from sin, not to say it's okay to do sin. Right. And so the way he twisted them to my understanding is that it was okay to do the things that I was doing. So this verse really opened my eyes and I just started crying on the airplane and I'm like, Lord, I'm so sorry. I I had no idea that this is what I've been doing. I've not only been ruining my life, I've been leading other people into sin and I just feel like I'm breaking your heart, God. And I'm sorry. And then the Holy Spirit just said, Brittany, I love you so much. And he said, this is not the life that I have for you. The life that I have for you will overflow with so much love, peace, and joy. And if you would just quit the porn industry today, I would bless your life like no man ever could. Um, and so I just took a step of faith that day. I went to set and told everybody about Jesus. I quit <laughs> porn, <laughs> started going to church. Um, as far as finding a job, I had nothing on my resume. I did porn from 18 to 25. So I had a lot of really, uh, awkward job interviews where it was like, well, what did you do for the last, you know, seven years? Like you haven't had anything on your resume since you were 16. I'm like, Gosh. you know, I didn't even, it was like, I, I just, it was some awkward and, oh, I did movies. Oh, what kind? Oh, nothing. You would know. Really try to do like yeah. really awkward interviews. Um, but by the grace of God, he blessed me with a, a, a job and it was a job. I'm still friends with the people that own the business today. It was a limousine company. They're awesome people. Um, and they took a chance with me, you know, like they knew this girl hasn't worked like real work in <laughs> seven years and, and they took a chance with me and I'm so grateful. Um, and then from there, like I, I got my real estate license, did real estate for a little while. Um, and now my husband and I just lead Love Always Ministries. So that this is now my, my ministry is my job. Wow. I love that so much. I, I definitely went through a similar journey and then it was so hard for me to work the nine to fives and like make this like hard, hard money. But it was like, finally I was making ethical money. I was making money that was like, it was God honoring the way that I was making money. So even though it was a really hard season of like, felt like slaving, you know, yeah. slaving, it was yeah. something God had to 
to teach me. And so, and it was something that I now took, you know, a bit of pride in doing things his way and trusting his way. Um, because my way, you know, you've said this too, my way was not working. So yeah. yeah. And it's a job too, that you can be proud of, you know, like there's no shame in, in making an honest living. You know, I went from when being in the porn industry, making at minimum $30,000 a month. And I had nothing when I left because mm. I had a pimp. And then before that, a heavy drug addiction, but I went in my first job, I was making $11 and 25 cents an hour. <laughs> You know, it's like, how did I even survive? And I tithe 10%, (laughs) y'all. We can do this. We can do hard things and we can have faith and we can trust that when we follow the Lord and we follow his ways that he will provide. Amen. Hey, you guys, if you're in a relationship and trying to figure out if he's the one, Or maybe you're recently single and taking a step back to figure out how to best go about finding the one. I have the ebook for you. Head over to the link in my bio or in the comment section from wherever you're listening to find my latest ebook, How to Know If He's the One. In this ebook, I share the worst of my relational mistakes and how Jesus finally showed me there was a better way. Gradually, he began to mend my heart, and I know he will do the same for you too. How did you get free from like this lustful way of life afterwards? Um, And, you know, to make it kind of a two part question. So now you're married to, you know, a wholesome man, you have God honoring marriage. What was that journey like of relearning intimacy in a God honoring way? Um, Especially as somebody who I'm sure, you know, like you were more attracted to like the bad boy and the false, the false perspective of what love is, how did God redeem that for you? Um, so one thing that I did that was a huge blessing to my walk with Christ, and I would encourage every unmarried woman to do the same and man, um, is I took a year off to really be intentional about growing in my relationship with the Lord. And what that looked like was a year off dating, Uh, There was no one-on-one time with any guys. Um, I really just wanted to grow in God. And so every day I would wake up and I would pray and worship and read the Bible. I would do those three things every single morning before going to work. Um, I was pretty broke at that time financially. So I didn't even have much access to the internet. So social media was not a distraction mm-hmm. um, because I could only be on it when I was around, when I had Wi-Fi. you know? So it's like, do you remember those days when you can use your phone on Wi-Fi? Yeah. You don't actually have to ha- pay for the internet plan. So that's what I would do. I would just only be able to use it, you know, here and there. Um, and so, and then I would also go on fast. Um, when I first started going to church, it was the end of December, 2012. And in January, they were doing a fast. I had no idea what I was doing, but I just said, I'm going to try it. I'm going to do this Daniel fast. And then from there, like I, I experienced breakthrough that very month where the Lord miraculously healed me from drug addiction. Um, when I flushed my drugs down the toilet, it was the first time I didn't get sick ever. Mm. And, uh, that was huge because I was so scared of dope sickness. So it was like the Lord showed me that there is power in fasting because we put everything away to just hunger for him. So it was those things that I did regularly and not dating any guys. Men were my distraction. So during that year, 
year because I, I did that. It was the Lord that he healed my heart. He healed my soul. Um, he showed me how valuable and worthy I am in him. Had I tried to date somebody when I first became a Christian, I would have dated somebody that would have been no good for me. It wouldn't have been um, God ordained. You know, I love that God says that he will make a helpmate that's comparable to Adam. He tells him that. And so when I read that, I said, if God's going to give Adam someone comparable to him, I took that as me. Like, is God going to give me someone comparable to me? Because if so, I need to be at my absolute best. Like, I need to be spiritually strong. I need to be walking closely to the Lord because I want my future husband to walk closely to the Lord. I want him to want to love and serve people. And and God gave me exactly the desires of my heart Mm -hmm. uh, in my husband. And so, yeah, as far as um, like intimacy, it was over that year that the Lord really, as he started to heal my heart and soul, um, and then my husband and I started dating about two years into me being a Christian, and we were married about almost two years or less later, um, and we didn't have sex, and we honored God with our bodies, and that alone was healing for me because I'd never been with a man that didn't want to have sex with me, and it's not that my husband didn't want to have sex, but we wanted to honor God above like our fleshly needs and desires, and so it was, I, I believe, like, I, I often... I'm reminded of this verse or this uh, particular story in the book of Acts where there's a woman who's fortune telling. And when Paul casts a spirit out of her, she's no longer able to fortune tell. Mm-hmm. And I apply that to my walk because on my wedding night, I remember going, I am so nervous. I feel like I have never had sex. <laughs> and like, because I buried myself in the Lord, um, I had deliverance from the spirits that were operating in me to be able to do and say the things that I used to do. Yeah. Um, it was a journey as far as that goes too. Like you, you asked kind of like a two part question. Um, in during that time where I was getting healed, there were times when I would go to church and I would, I would check out the preacher. I would check out the pastor, like, you know, and my thoughts would run rampant. And I remember just like looking down and feeling so uncomfortable, like, God, what do I do? Mm. And the Holy Spirit said, um, cast that thought down. And I said, but what does that even look like? Like, how do you cast the thought down? And he said, first, you can repent for it. Lord, I'm sorry for, you know, thinking about this man that way. I don't want to think like that anymore. Please forgive me. I rebuke and then rebuke it. I rebuke the spirit of lust. I command you to leave in the name of Jesus. And it was like, I self, I pretty much did self-deliverance. Like I would have these conversations in my head and in my heart and sometimes out loud so often. Um, and I would rebuke it. And then I would start in my head, just what Philippians 4, 8 says to focus on things that are noble, praiseworthy, and true. And I would just start to like sing a worship song in my head, or if I was driving in my car, singing it out loud. Um, and in doing that, it, it took maybe a matter of months, a few months, but like my thoughts just were so clear and so free. And the more that you're spending time with Jesus and renewing your mind with the word of God, like your thoughts will change mm-hmm. um, and developing a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Cause sometimes like, I know people that you read the word of God, but you read it with your head and not with your heart. Mm-hmm. Like you read the, you read the scriptures, you can quote all the scriptures, but they didn't bring you any life change. Well, the reason for that is the connection to the Holy Spirit. It's mm-hmm. only the Holy Spirit that can breathe life on the scriptures where they're not just words, rules, regulations, but it's actually life bearing words that will change the condition of your heart, mind, and soul. 
And so um, if somebody's maybe listening today and they're like, I do, I read all the scriptures, I do all the things, but nothing's happening. You might just be connecting with God with your head and not with your heart. And I would just encourage you to pray every day. Prayer will soften your heart and ask the Lord, ask him to soften your heart. Um, ask him to make the scriptures come alive to you. Ask him to help you connect with his spirit. Because when Jesus died, he left his spirit behind so that you could have a relationship with him just like the disciples did when he was walking walking here on earth. Yeah, and then in having that spirit, we we have the strength now through his spirit to overcome those temptations. Mm -hmm. um, something that helped me was realizing that realizing the spiritual reality. And so anytime I felt a temptation or like, you know, the thoughts came to do the wrong thing. I was like, this is literally demons like telling me to do this. And I'm not going to do what the demons are telling me to do. If it, if it goes against the word of God, I began to see, you know, the two voices happening. Yeah. You know, yeah, I imagine that often. Yeah. And I was like, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to go that route, even though it's like, yes, sin feels good in the moment, but it always leaves you feeling guilty, shameful, um, yeah. And it just like we talked about earlier, opens those doors for more demons to come in and try to, you know, take you down a spiral. So yeah, exactly. So then going on to uh, like when we obey God, we can expect we can expect blessing from our obedience, mm -hmm. um, if that makes sense. Like like we know, like there's fruits that come when we obey him. Yeah. So did you experience, like what were those blessings that you saw in that year of being abstinent and just getting to know him? It was a total of three years of abstinence because okay. it was a year of not having any, like men were my weakness. So I was single for an entire year. And that was a very long time for me because mm -hmm. I hadn't been single for almost probably 10 years. It was like, I would just go back to back to back relationships. So, um, it was three years of abstinence. Um, and there are blessings in our obedience. It says that in the book of Deuteronomy. And, um, I saw many of the Lord's blessings at any time that I took a step of faith, any time that I trusted his voice, there was always something that was, that was wonderful that would come forth from that. Um, one of those things is, uh, my husband, for example, like I, I followed the Lord and it's funny because I didn't share this with you, but there was a time when I was brand new to church and I kept this woman kept inviting me to the young adult ministry and I was like, fine, I'll go. So I go and my husband, my now husband is preaching and he says, I have a word just for the women. I want you to know that you are worthy of real true love that you're a woman of God, that you're worth the weight. And if your man isn't treating you as a woman of God, he needs to step up or step out. Show him the exit sign because you're worthy of real true love and you're worth the weight. Well, like I said, men were my weakness. So after the pimp, I started dating another guy like in a matter of weeks. I was already in a relationship. And after hearing that message, I got convicted and because this guy was telling me like when I was looking for a job, like, oh, you could go back to stripping or, you know, at least. And I'm like, what if someone at church sees me? That would be awkward. He's like, nobody in church goes to strip clubs. I'm like, I don't know. You're encouraging me to go. So anyways, I heard that message and I broke up with the guy. 
And of course my brain goes there because, you know, I'm not, I don't like being single. And I tell God, well, I mean, that preacher, like he's really, you know, I'm single now. God's like, stop it. You're going to take a year off dating. And so, um, over that year though, I started serving in the ministry with no, no ill intentions. I wanted to grow in the Lord. Um, my husband was leading the ministry, but we weren't super connected. Like I would do greeting and so forth. Um, and so, but over that year, like we started developing a friendship. And when my year was up, like before, probably within five months, I heard the Lord tell me like, that's going to be your husband. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. He said, don't tell anyone that, you know? And so I didn't fully obey. I told people that it would never get to him. Nobody in my church knew, but like my sister knew. And my sister actually talks about it on our wedding day. She's like, I remember when my sister told me you were going to be her husband. And she's like, I told her she was crazy, but now I see that God really does speak to people. So it was like a testimony to her too, which was really cool. So. Yeah. yeah. So like you said, that was one of the biggest blessings of your obedience is that you, God gave you your husband. I know people who are single and trying to make it through their single season and be obedient and it's really hard and they keep falling back into the sexual sin. And I don't know, I just encourage them to to just try it out, like just keep trying God's way and see like God knows the desires of our hearts. And, you know, in a timing that is best for us, I really do believe that he will provide um, for those desires. So I, I love that your story you know, had that happy, not ending, but new beginning. Yes. New beginnings. I love that. Yeah. I mean, and then just like following the Lord from there, like when he tells, when he told us to launch our ministry and so forth, and just not even like knowing all of the crazy opportunities that we would be given, you know, like I remember when you're telling God, like, I used to love traveling and porn, but I never enjoyed it because I was so depressed that I would just stay in my hotel room and I wouldn't get out. And I told God, if you ever gave me the chance to travel again, like I would get out and I would enjoy all your beauty. I would just be outside and just enjoy everything you created. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, where do you want to go? And one of the places I wanted to go was Italy. Um, and I've always, I'm obsessed with monkeys. So another, I just wanted to go somewhere where I could hang out with a monkey. And that year God blessed us with the opportunity. We went and spoke in Indonesia, which they then sent us to Bali and I was able to hold a monkey. And then that same year, we also went to Italy. Mm -hmm. So it's like, and we got to tour many cities and it's like, like God, he really cares about the desires of your heart. But the problem is oftentimes our sin is what keeps us from following him. Mm -hmm. Jesus wants to, wants to lead you into still waters. He wants to lead you into the places that your heart genuinely desires that are going to honor and glorify him. Um, but if we're not going to follow him, then how can he lead us there? You know, he's, it's kind of like when we choose disobedience, it's like Jesus is standing there going, come on, daughter, like, yeah. follow me like I'm gonna lead you to some really great places like just trust me but he's just standing there because you're not moving you know like if anything maybe you're walking in the opposite direction yeah. and so it's so important that we Jesus is not just our savior he is our lord like we have to follow him and know that he's going to lead you into blessings like he really will that's so good thank you for sharing that that I feel like that should get anybody excited about walking in obedience So I just have one more two-part question, and um, that would be if you would just tell the listeners a little bit about your books, the two different books that you have, 
Um, and then the final thing would be if you would pray over the listeners, um, you know, thinking back to that you before you knew Jesus, like what you would have needed prayed or spoken over your life at that time. Okay. Um, so we have two books. One is A Call to Purity. And this book is not a no sex before marriage book, which so many people think they're like, I'm going to buy this for my teenager. I'm like, no, buy it for yourself. Mm -hmm. It is a book about the heart. Because in 2020, God gave us the word. He said that all these people, all my people are washing their hands but I want them to wash their hearts. And mm -hmm. so a call to purity is about washing your heart. It's about tapping into the presence of God. It's about um, putting away everything that's hindering your relationship with him so that you can experience the fullness of God. It is fully a heart book. Um, and then our other book is called Stop Searching, Start Living. And it is a 40-day devotional with 40 days of tools. Everybody always wants the roadmap. How do I find freedom? How do I get free from porn, lust, um, impurities, all these things. And so we just created 40 days of tools so that you can add those to your toolbox. And we really believe that if you do apply the tools, that this is how you will walk in freedom. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of each day on the devotional, there's a prayer because we believe in the power of prayer. So it's going to lead you into a prayer so you can pray for yourself. So I remember in my beginning days of um, being a Christian, I had no idea how to pray. And yeah. my Nana was so sweet. She would send me handwritten prayers. And mm -hmm. I still remember them to this day that I would just read them verbatim and then at, start adding my own words as I got more comfortable. So I love guided prayers. So there's guided prayers on, on the end of each devotional. Um, and then we also have our search course on lovealwaysministries.com. So if you're, um, we have two courses, one for men and one for women, and it is to help you overcome pornography. So you can check that out too, some resources for you. Um, okay, let's pray. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. And God, I just thank you so much for all that you're doing uh, in and through God, this podcast, Lord, I pray blessings over it. I pray that you would open doors that no man could shut, Father, and that you would continue to do mighty things in Michaela's life, Lord. And we pray for every single woman who is listening, God, that whatever thing, whatever they may be struggling and battling with today, God, you are right there in the midst with them, God. Your word says that you'll never leave them, you'll never forsake them, that you are always with them, God. And, you know, sometimes we think that you're some far distant God, but the reality is, is that you live in our hearts. And so Jesus, you're not far from us. And I pray God that you would begin to challenge and convict and encourage your daughters to really just spend time praying and seeking you father, because you are the answer to their problems. You are the light that can shine brightly and make the darkness flee in their lives. Lord, you are the one who can remove all chaos from their life. God, you are the one who loves them so deeply, despite their sins, despite their shortcomings despite any mistake that they may have made, God, the things that they regret, Lord, you can bring them peace in the middle of that, Lord. And your word says that you work all things together for good. And so if they would just surrender their lives to you, Father, they would see goodness overflow even from their sins, even from their mistakes, because you're going to work it together for good. And so, Lord, I just pray for victory over the enemy, over all of your people who are listening today, God. I pray that they would stand confident 
confidently before your throne, knowing that they are your children. And I pray, God, that as they follow you, Lord, that, that you would lead them into peace, that you would lead them into blessings, and the, that their life would overflow with your goodness, Lord. So we just thank you for all that you're doing in and through their lives, God. Um, and I just pray a sensitivity to your voice and to your spirit, Lord, that you would give them ears to hear and eyes to see your spirit and just what you're doing in their lives, God, so that they can be connected to you. And I pray that they wouldn't go one day without seeking you through prayer and worship and reading the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, I'd love to have you leave a review, share it with a friend, and even connect with me on other platforms. It's at Michaela Nikolenko on Instagram and TikTok. And we also have an at Raised and Redeemed Instagram account too. I look forward to connecting with you there. Until next time, stay well and God bless you.